You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So many days today. It's Purim. It's Taco Tuesday. It's um, overperform. Sorry, underperform, oversell Tuesday for City of Tucson. I think it's the right path. Yep. Uh, you guys have been uh, pretty good. Uh, and if you want a great Purim movie, wow! For your consideration, woo! Mark's doing the top ten Purim movies on on Friday. I'm not buying. I'm not biting on that one, Chris. <laughs> I'm not biting. What's your favorite Purim movie, uh, I, would, I would hope it's for your consideration. By the uh, Spinal Tap Gang. Oh, that's called, right. The name of the movie is called oh, that's right. For Your Consideration. I forgot about that. Yep. I haven't seen that one in a long time, dude. The uh, Citizen Kane of Purim movies. <laughs> so a listener talking about Hamatashen... Uh, Jay sent me this email at Chabad.org, okay, and it's their kosher cooking section, and it's called Drunken Cherry Chocolate Hamatashen. And literally... I like it already. Yeah, thank you. You cook off, so it has the um, frozen dark pitted cherries, dry red wine, sugar, corn, starch, and cinnamon that you cook down into kind of a jammy kind of thing. And then you have a dough of oil, sugar, eggs, milk, vanilla extract, flour, Dutch co- processed cocoa, baking powder, and salt. So imagine the beautiful triangle cookie of dark chocolate with a cherry filling for your hamatashen. So good going, Jay. Mark just texted me. He says, no, he's not doing the top 10 pair of movies. I thought he was the movie guy. Sorry. Sorry. I oversold his... And you want to be my latex <laughs> salesman. <laughs> the Art Vandalay of Pura movies, Mark Van Buren. So, very nice. Uh, so, next segment we're going to play... I want to play this five-minute piece by Tucker Carlson sh- and uh, talking about the January 6th. And we kept on... You'll hear the word... dead talking about the word deadly insurrection one of the capitol police officers died so but what they say what they show is with the time stamp and whatever that the, that same police officer they said was killed uh after they said he was killed is actually still walking around on the video so he also did the one with the shaman guy and that's a different one i don't want to play both today but the shaman guy is literally being escorted by Capitol Police and peacefully walking around for a while. He looked like he was getting his own personal tour from the Capitol Police. So we'll talk about that. And then I might play the video in the second half hour of Carrie Lake talking about how they're uh, going to... Uh, someone offered her a bunch of money not to run for office ever again and or offered her a big fat job. Well... We'll, we'll talk about the tragic queen, Miss Carrie Lake. So Matt asked me this question. Eastside Matt, not Matt Neely. This is a different Matt. Right? And so there's two things here, right? 
is one, there is this RTA thing. Okay. So what they want to do is as part of the redo of RTA, right? There's an intergovernmental agreement on the agenda. I assume this is for tonight's meeting. 5.30. Intergovernmental agreement with Regional Transportation Authority for First Avenue relating, authorizing, approving an IGA for transportation funding between City of Tucson RTA for the First Avenue Grant Road to River Road improvement projects. And this is the magic word that you're going to hear a lot. And declaring an emergency. So what we're seeing here, Matthew, is they want to do a, they're going to do a smaller project, right? Because of the way the numbers don't work. Right. So four, as you, four lanes is the new six lanes. Four lanes is the new six lanes. <laughs> they say that it'll accomplish all the goals. If you look at uh, the two uh, documents that I think uh, Eastside Matt might have attached to that. Right. It uh, actually said that, uh, according to our math, the throughput of four lanes is equal to the throughput of six lanes. The findings of the assessment indicates the corridor functionality promised to voters in 2006 can be met with a four-lane corridor and can do so at a lower cost with less impact to residences and businesses. Sure. Like, uh, Are we supposed to really believe that? And if you scroll up just a little bit in italics, it says exactly what was on the thing that Tucson voters voted yes on. Uh, oh, in the email. In the uh, yeah, or in the email, or in the uh, one of the attachments, the city documentation. It said, uh, "Let's see here. Um, let's see." Do, 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 do. Uh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong document, for God's sakes. Here we go. Um, first grant... Burr, burr. Sorry, I should have had this. Uh, no, it's okay. Oh, it's, it says, okay, it's described in the RTA plan, First Avenue, River Road to Grant Road, widened to six-lane corridor, bike lanes, and sidewalks. That's what it says. And that's what they voted Specifically, on. six lanes. It doesn't say a certain throughput of traffic or a certain volume of traffic. It says six lanes. So what we're saying is, so so what we're saying is, is that the city of Tucson is actually violating the RTA. That's if, what it sure sounds like to me. If you think that the RTA plan that was presented to voters, like if you vote yes, this is what you will get. Yep, right. Right. So it's can, like if you go and you. So so the question is, what are the mechanisms to thwart the will of the voters from the original RTA vote legally? Is it just a vote of the RTA board? Because it's not the vote of the city of Tucson. They're just, this is just, we're taking the money. Correct. Right? So in the end, I got to ask, well, I just had Murphy on the show, but anyway, uh, I got to ask Mayor Ed or Ted on what are we dealing with here? Right? Why or Mr. We, Mogimi. Or, 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 or Farhad. You're correct. So then the other one you have here is about uh, differential water rates. That was interesting. All right. So what they're doing is they've realized they got a bunch of money uh, that's coming in. Looks like it's, they're going to realize an extra 10 mil, I think. In Incredible. 10 million bucks. 
So you guys are you the people who are getting un, unfairly popped by the Tucson water differential rate. Mm-mm-mm. You're already throwing ten extra million dollars for them to waste. You think they're gonna, you think they're going to put that towards cops parks? Chris, they said or, they were going to use it to offset other people's water rates inside the city. They said that, and they haven't lowered everyone else's rate yet. Is that what you're telling? Well, me? they're they're paying some people's water bills for. Oh, them. of course, of course. But what they found out is they made a little bit of a mistake because there's a variety of customers who are the government, right? And mm-hmm. so they've pissed those people off, I assume. It was a kind of half-baked plan, it seems like. They didn't think it through. So what they want to do is what they want to exempt the uh, the governmental, the T- TUSD, Pima County, the state of Arizona, and the tribes. And the United States government. And the United States government. And the the write-up said, um, the write-up said that, uh, oh, by the way, Tucson's in, water infrastructure crosses through all those entities in many cases, and, and they're not paying for it. So I'm sure all these entities are saying, hey, why are you charging us more? We're giving you free right-of-way for your infrastructure. Correct. Uh, and the bottom line is, Another half-baked idea, a year later, they got to do some cleanup on it because they forgot. They didn't think it through. Another half-baked idea on this differential rate thing. No one's ever accused the city of Tucson of having the A-team. Okay. Uh, Legal consideration, this is in their own document, applies retroactively to December 1. So they're gonna get. They're gonna have to kick back some money to these different government entities. Now, this is because it's not a rate increase. It's not subject to the procedures for adoptions of water rate increases established by Arizona law. Okay. So then, at the end of seventy percent of these different um, agenda items, just like I read in the last part, declaring an emergency. So if you look through the agenda, like you said, about 70%, several of the items, more than half, include end with the word and declare an emergency. So on the on the um, First Avenue project that said, whereas it is necessary for the preservation of the peace, health, and safety of the city of Tucson, that this resolution, this is the First Avenue project, become immediately effective, an emergency is hereby declared to exist and this resolution shall be effective immediately upon a passage. So the preservation of peace, health, and safety of the city of Tucson. So they are blanketing everything they do on their agenda, that it's in the name of peace, health, and safety of the city of Tucson, including declaring that the September election is going to be a vote-by-mail election, the city election. So what is declaring an emergency to me does two things that always... It always keeps them open for some sort of rules, right? Circumvent rules is number one, right? And number two is uh, for certain things, I assume possibly that could qualify you for some back end federal money when you're in a. Sure. So, but that's a. So here's a question to ask like maybe when Rahina or Pablo Slovakia goes on Burt Lee's show, right? Ask them why are we declaring an emergency for almost everything on all. I've never city seen business. that before. There's no other municipality that ever has ever done that 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 often. Chuck would do it when he needed it at the county, but I don't see this at Marana, Oral Valley, and Sarita where they're putting and declaring an emergency after everything. That sounds like an abuse of a declaring an emergency. Seems a little odd. 
Conspicuous. I guess that's the word I should we say. We come back. Seems we're going to play the uh, Tucker Carlson five minutes on the uh, the January 6th footage that he's him and the crew are watching over there. And then uh, his one of his videos about the uh, officer who died that they said was killed at the insurrection. But somehow he's on tape later uh, walking around. So... You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10.30 of the voice, local news and talk. By request, Les McCann and uh, Eddie Harris, compared to what? Compared to what? All right, Matt, we got to get right to it. I can just see how my time's going to go on this. I waste. I didn't waste, but I, I went too long on my first uh, first hour, first segment there. So Tucker Carlson's been going through a whole bunch of these, uh, these videos for January 6th. Kevin McCarthy released it to him. Charles Schumer cried about how democracy will blow up if Tucker gets to see these. So, Matt, let's, uh, let's get going. Within hours of January 6th, literally hours, you began to hear that day described as a deadly insurrection, and not described by one news outlet or one politician, but in unison by all of them, almost like it was coordinated, a deadly insurrection. That's how history may record January 6th. But the tape that we reviewed from within the building on that day proves it was neither an insurrection nor deadly. Here it is. January 6th, when an estimated 2,000 rioters breached the Capitol building, causing the deaths of five police officers. Certain dates echo throughout history. December 7th, The zombie look on her face. September 11th, 2001, and January 6th. The mob beat officers with anything they had on them. Hockey stick, a flagpole, a fire extinguisher. Police officers died. Donald Trump supporters who, of course, rioted and killed police officers. By the evening of January 6th, the Democratic Party and its publicists in the national news media had settled on a description of what had happened that day. They distilled an enormous number of highly complex events, events that even now we don't fully understand, into a single emotionally related political slogan, which they've repeated for years with remarkable discipline. January 6th, they said, was a deadly insurrection. There was a deadly insurrection that the right wing is trying to cover up. He incited a deadly insurrection. Incited a deadly insurrection. The violent, deadly insurrection on the Capitol nine months ago was about white supremacy in my view. A deadly insurrection. Yes, that's Joe Everything Biden. about that phrase is a lie. Very little about January 6th was organized or violent. Surveillance video from inside the Capitol shows mostly peaceful chaos. But the slogan worked. The term deadly carries enormous emotional power, which is why they used it. To prove the insurrection was deadly, propagandists pointed to the death of an officer called Brian Sicknick. The mob killed Officer Brian Sicknick. That's what they said. It was their single most powerful indictment of the January 6th protesters and of Donald Trump and of Republican voters nationally. They repeated that claim for years. They are still repeating it. At first, they told the country that Officer Sicknick was murdered with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during Anderson the fight. Cooper. That story came from the New York Times, which is effectively the assignment editor for most of the rest of American media. It was a lie, untrue in any way. But only after that lie had hardened into conventional wisdom did the newspaper bother to retract it. The New York Times has quietly retracted its story about the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. The damage had been done. 
Brian Sicknick, himself a Trump voter, had been transformed without his consent into a political martyr of the left. His memory was shamelessly exploited by the incoming Biden administration. In right, February Matt, of 2021, uh, right body lay in... So, we got to go to bottom of the hour news. So, I didn't realize, Matt, did you realize that the the New York Times retracted the Sicknick story that he was hit no, over the I head did not, and killed because by... because it was not amplified by every newspaper as it was when it first came out. Very interesting. Very Again... We may never know what, what happened here, but when you go through all this, a lot of the stuff that they not just told you, but doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down doesn't look doesn't sound or look right anymore. I know you're in shock if you're awakey. Wake up, Tucson, 10 of the Voice, local news and talk. Uh, little Herbie Nichols on a no-jo jazz taco Purim kind of Tuesday, as you like to say. That goes out for my girl, Laura Conover, who refers to this as Shock Jock Radio, which, let me translate that for you. Anyone who's speaking truth to power and not kissing their rear end like Tim Steller and Dylan Smith, you're a Shock Jock. That's where you're at. Before we get to the rest of this Tucker Carlson piece on um, Officer Brian Sicknick, we're playing, uh, he's been watching the footage of January 6th. I just want to tell you that um, if you missed it, you just tuned in. Uh, the New York Times story that was the linchpin of the words deadly insurrection. Because remember, the other three people that were killed were people who were not, they weren't Capitol Police. They were people in the building that came into the building. Kind of like Ashley Babbitt and that, that those kind of folks, right? And then, of course, there's, a tr- there's still a truckload of these people in jail. Uh, that seemed that them being in jail seem uh, so with some of them uh, to in, ignore due process and other things like that. Just basic American constitutional crap. And by crap, I mean the important stuff. Um, so that that when they say the word deadly insurrection, it was always about the New York Times story that Officer Sicknick was murdered by the January sixth invaders. He was hit over the head, supposedly, with a fire extinguisher. So let's let's continue the rest of the story because they and they and they re- quietly retracted the story. They literally disavowed themselves of that story months later. The wrong headline gets all the attention. The retraction, almost nothing. Yep. Let's do in state in the Capitol Rotunda, where a parade of unscrupulous politicians made use of it. Here's Joe Biden breaking down the doors, trying to overturn an outcome of election. And killing several police officers in the meantime. But Brian killing several not be police officers. Prop for the political ambitions of the Democratic Party. He was a human being. The facts of his life matter, including how he died. To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie the Democrats have told us about January 6th. 
and it was indeed a lie. The January 6th committee knew perfectly well that Brian Sicknick was walking normally through the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by Trump supporters. And they know that because they saw this tape. We can be sure because the footage contains an electronic bookmark that is still archived in the Capitol's computer system. That means that investigators working for the Democratic Party reviewed this tape. They saw it, but they refused to release the tape to the public. Why? Because this tape would shatter the fraud they were perpetrating on the country. Because hiding the truth served their political interest. They lied about the police officer they claimed to revere. If they were willing to do that, then their dishonesty knew no limits. There it is. We'll, we'll play the shaman one later, but um, I just thought this was part of really their linchpin of how they were selling what happened on January 6th. And um, for me, the, again, the most one of the most important things is that th- that story was retracted, and this is the story that it's all based on. Look at Biden saying... Uh, people running into the Capitol building to um, change an election, and they killed several officers. Again, if a Republican said mistook one officer being hurt for several officers, they would be eviscerated on the news. Eviscerated. Disproven theories, right? The whole discredited reports. You know, all the words they use. So... Let's see. So, you know, we all have our doubts about Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. So this was a good thing that he released this to Tucker. Now, remember also, just another thing about the news here, right? All of these other media folks didn't really care about the rest of the footage. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, why would you give it to him and not give it to us? Like, they're complaining to Kevin McCarthy that he would give it to Tucker Carlson and not them. But, of course, the media who will tell you democracy dies in the darkness. Diversity of thought is critical for a country. Right? All of that, those people who keep telling you that did not want to look at the rest of the footage. They never asked for the rest of the footage. They want what was spoon-fed to them by Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. That's what they wanted, sad to say. So now, all of a sudden, we have a change of sheriff at the Speaker of the House and he hands it to Tucker Carlson, 40,000 hours. And now all of a sudden they're like, well, why is he got it? We should get it. So I hope Tucker keeps doing what he's doing. I would love everyone to get this. This The, the 40,000 hours, if you want access to the 40,000, go for it. I mean, we had that 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 ditz Kamala Harris comparing this to nine eleven and uh, Pearl Harbor Day. We've seen the videos of before even this forty thousand hours of the Capitol Police opening the door and letting them in. 
But what's that about? To me, I felt like they just wanted to sucker the Trumpers in there and create a thing. That's what it feels like to me. So, Matt, let's get to my uh, the tragic queen, Carrie Lake. So we already told you and you guys saw the news that Mark Fincham and the fourth uh, branch of government, the fraudicial branch, and and I keep making fun of how he's always fundraising about everything. I don't know if you saw the voice last night, but Tina got screwed in the voting just like me. Her version of Betty Davis' eyes was transforming and life-changing. And that's what Katie Hobbs did to me. And I lost by 190,000 votes. More, I lost a, a statewide election by more than anyone else in the history of the, of the, of the state of Arizona. 180,000 votes. That's almost one thirty, something like that. That's almost four Tucson. That's almost four Oral Valleys. But because Tina got screwed over on her version of Betty Davis eyes on the vote by Blake Shelton and those guys, big Hollywood, <laughs> big music. Can you please send me twenty three dollars for my legal defense fund? He's still putting state representative Mark Fincham on his uh on his paper too. So you haven't been, you haven't been one in about uh, two and a half months, buddy. Uh, so anyway, he has to pay the legal fees for Katie Hobbs and Adrian Fontes because of a, a, a baseless lawsuit. So Carrie Lake, that interview with me and McCluskey and her is looking so good, better and better every day. Um, she's at CPAC. Uh, the same CPAC that voted for 62% of the attendees think Donald Trump should be the presidential candidate, which, of course, I said, you know, CPAC, um, uh, where we would love to win the primary and get our butts kicked in the 62% of them want to win the primary and lose the general. Right? When you vote, when you say Donald Trump's our guy. So Kerry was at CPAC, and she said this and they may think that they won but i know they're feeling the heat they're they're actually we've got them in the frying pan right now mm. this is true mm. and i know i i'm going to tell you why Two now, claps. I, I can't believe this actually happened and i wasn't sure if i was going to share oh. it here at cpac no, don't share I wonder it, if Carrie. The fake news will even cover this oh, something happened to me this week before i left for cpac and it shows how desperate these people are to stop me and to silence you Mm. I decided to share this. It's a little bit controversial, but I'm going to put this out. Oh, controversial. Somebody showed up at my door oh. this week. They called me before and said, they got, I they got through to your gated person. community in Paradise Valley? Which is always kind of like, uh-oh, what's that going to be about? Yeah. <laughs> they came to my door and they tried to bribe me out of getting out of politics. Oh, no. Don't let them rob really you of happened. us. I'm telling you this because this is how disgusting politics is. A mom who runs for office and they're afraid of She's a mom me, now. They tried to bribe me with a job title, with a huge salary, a position on a board. This is how sec. they do it. Now she's a mom. Now. 
when she saw she got her butt kicked by suburban moms who wanted nothing, no part of her. Because before I'm a big fighter, I'm a big conservative icon. I told the news, go to hell. I like how she said she left her big high paying job. Are you sure they just weren't going to renew your renew your contract? That 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 that's something I would love to know from what you work for Fox. 15 or whatever fox 10 or something in phoenix i would love to know was carrie lake at the end of her contract anyway and they weren't going to renew it so she said hey can we do a deal can i come out and go fake news i'm quitting the biz i'm quitting it there's no one who can replace me on the news there's only like 27 other women who look exactly and sound exactly like me in the in network news right now i'm one of a kind so I love that the idea that something kind of something they probably told her in July, which is, hey, you should probably refer to yourself as a mom and, you know, gain some empathy with the moms. That'd be good. So. All right, Matt, let's let's give me some more. Car- I need more Carrie. I need mom more. who runs for office and oh, they're afraid perfect. of me. They tried to bribe me. We're with afraid a job of you. Title, with a huge salary, a position on a board. This is how they do it. And I said, are you kidding me? I walked away from a big job and a big salary. I'm not motivated by that stuff, guys. What was the big job? I'm not. Oh, being a, a broadcast, a newsreader? So this person standing before me was sent at the request of some powerful people back east. <laughs> you got the, the air quotes, powerful politics. people. From back east? Hey, wait a minute. Oh, stop for a sec. I thought they already stopped us. Why are they... <laughs> this sounds like Lucy Van Pelt talking about Christmas. Remember, it's big business. From some big syndicate back east. That's what it sounds like. It's true. Charlie Brown, everyone knows Christmas is controlled by a big syndicate back east. I mean, are you really taking your your speech lines from Lucy Van Pelt? I already had a big job. So here's the thing. Remember, you're going to get a job and a spot on a board. Is it the same board? Or is that a different board? You're going to get the job and the board at a different... What, what, what does that mean? I mean, all you got to do is pay attention a little bit to how she talks. The responses on Twitter to this are amazing. There's the picture of Sean Connery played by Chris Hammond and SNL Jeopardy saying, I'll take, uh, you're making up crap for 500, Alex. All right, give me some more, Carrie. I, I, wanna, I just want to like, I want to get all Patriot and run through a wall politics. for her. Oh. Well, wait a minute. I thought they already stopped us. Why are they so afraid? I thought they already stopped our movement. So she got so, one clap at, at. Oh, here we go. I thought they stopped our movement. Car- I didn't know Carrie had a movement. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. I'm. I'm, it's in God's I'm hands. just on God's time right now. Oh. And when I said no to this person, they didn't take no for an answer. They said, well, what will it take? Mm. What is your price? How do we keep you out? Name your price. No. This really happened this week. It really did. Name your price. All we're asking for you to do (laughs) is to get out of politics for two years. Okay. CPAC, I got to ask you. Do you think I should sit out for two years? Yes. 
Should we put 20. our movement on ice for two years? You don't have a movement. I didn't think so. Or uh. should we double down and stay in this? Double down. <laughs> now, I'm going to be honest. At that very moment, I, I wanted to sick my dog on him. But I have a pug and it wasn't going to happen. So I said, you let your handlers back east know that I can't name a price because there is no price that I would sell out my country for. No, they didn't ask you to sell out your country. They just didn't want you running for office again. Not a million dollars, not $10 million, not a hundred million dollars. I love you right back. Oh, better but husband. But I'll tell you, this tells me that they do not want my name on a ballot again. And I have me a message. Too. I'm not going anywhere. Oh. I'm not going anywhere. And so that got me very fired up. I was packing for CPAC, and this happened, and I'm like, I'm so fired up. And then after this weekend at CPAC, CPAC has a way of firing All us right. again, right? Let's go to break, and we'll and come back. We're running late. That's hilarious. That is possibly one of the funniest things I've heard. <laughs> Duran Duran Jen, she gives pug owners a bad name. <laughs> ah. CJ, I love how you give Lake a South Park voice. I can't believe she hasn't been on South Park. She'd be great on South Park. I did start watching the Chris Rock special on Netflix. The South Park Netflix. Uh, sorry, the Chris Rock Netflix, the first 15 minutes. Already pretty good. 8.51 in the morning. One more segment. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Well, we did get one uh, angry caller about the uh, making fun of Carrie Lake. Uh, the rest of the response I'm getting is pretty positive. Uh, brush fire. Uh, he said that. Uh, that should include uh, an air sickness bag. <laughs> I like the specificity of the two years, like a two-year uh, non-compete clause. They want me out for two years, and then I'm good. The specificity of it was interesting. <laughs> so you know what it reminded me of? I thought about this. One of our favorite Dana Carvey impressions, which is Ross Perot, right? So remember Ross was dropping out this is a 92, right? He's like, I'm Larry, I'm out again, right? But he tells the story of how Bush hired the ex-CAA guy to wiretap the, wiretap the computerized stock trading program, but also uh, fake a photo of his daughter and then conspiring to disrupt her wedding. Remember that? Now, I don't know you. Now, the CAA was sending a guy, and he was going to steal the cake, and then during the wedding, and then you know, we were going to give some wedding favors out, and then what happened was Bush sent the CIA in, right? And I, that's what I felt like with Kerry, right? I felt like uh, Ross Farrell. You know, they came to my door. They just knocked right on my door. <laughs> and they said, you know, Kerry, we want you out of the race just for two years. Two years. They're going to stop the moving. I'm, you know, I'm just a mom. I haven't done said anything. I'm just a peaceful old mom. So, you know, I thought they want me out of the race. I'm back in the race. I don't know what race it is, but I'm in the race. I, I mean, this, this is what I, I felt like. I went right to Dana Carvey, Ross Perot, listening to Carrie Lake. You know, there's knocking on my door. Didn't get my, I was going to have my dog bite him, but he's a pug. 
You're back in the race, Larry. (laughs) This won't be out for two years. They're going to give me a big, huge job. Lots of money, and you know something? They're going to give me a space on the board. Little seat on the board. I said, you know something? Not five million, not ten million. Now you are full of yourself. I mean, the ego. All right, the ego of Carrie Lake that says someone who doesn't want her to run, okay, is equal to betraying the United States. Now, Larry, I'm not going to betray my country by not running for office. Some people want to betray the country. They want to, you know, that's like treason. They hang you for that stuff. But not me. Not me, Larry. They came in, an old pug dog tugboat. That's what I call him, a pug. He went up and I was going to say, hey, watch about him, but you're just a pug. You barely, have a, you barely have a snout. You got little nose holes in your little round head. And you got those buggy looking eyes, Larry. Right? So, yeah, and I got that one guy that says, I love you, Carrie. I love you, too. We're not, stop, we're not stopping my movement. I don't know what kind of movement I have, but I got a movement. Some people got vowel movements. I got vowel movements. That's with a V because I talk and I use vowels. A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. So I'm just telling you, Larry, no one's going to stop Carrie Lake from being in this race. I'm going to be in every race humanly possible. I'm going to run for Senate. I'm going to run for Mayor of Scottsdale. I'm going to run for Mayor of, uh, of Paradise Valley. I'm just a mom. I'm a mom with a movement. And you know what's going to happen? I'll be damned if I don't run for office and that not running for office is the equivalent of treason against this United States of America. So that's where we're at, Larry. They can't stop us. Can't stop stop the mob movement. Even all the mob. Oh, I just want to tell you, Larry, anyone who supported John McCain, he's a jackass. That's not going to hurt me with anyone that's a Maricopa County donor. 97% 97% of them are on the John McCain, old John McCain campaign finance reports. Why don't you want to give me any money? Oh, because I said your, your guy that you were friends with who did favors with you, he was a jackass. Is that why, Larry? Don't want to betray the country, Larry. All right. Tomorrow. <laughs> so tomorrow. Christy Simone will be back with us tomorrow. Thank you, Mr. Perot. Maybe. We have our, uh, there's these two guys doing a cross-country bike ride for Hands of Hope. And then we have Andy Biggs, U.S. Congressman, and then Juan Siscomani, U.S. Congressman. Juan's introducing his first piece of legislation today. We'll talk about that. Wake up.